Welcome to episode 35 of Third Heaven Authority Podcast. I'm Mike Thompson. We have been studying the grace of God and its importance to our being able to walk in the authority that Jesus Christ has given unto us. It has to be by grace. It has to be by undeserved, unmerited favor, but also by the empowering presence of God that is in our lives and that is giving us the ability to walk in that authority. Otherwise, we turned, as we learned last episode in part one of this two-part series, that performance, legalism, physical works, in an attempt to utilize the authority of God, actually ends up doing just the opposite. It leaves us vulnerable because we're trying to do it by the flesh rather than the power of the Spirit. It leaves us in a place where the enemy can come in and attack through condemnation and fear and other things that will actually deteriorate our ability to do everything right in the natural realm. It ends up frustrating it. Remember in Galatians 2.21, Amplified Version, Paul said, I do not set aside, invalidate, frustrate, or nullify the grace of God. And legalism will do that. It will frustrate it, nullify it, invalidate it. So it's an imperative for us to walk in that grace. Remember in John's Gospel, chapter 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Then in the 14th verse it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, his glory. And it says, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So all truth is from God, but all grace is from God. And it flows from the Father right through Jesus into the Holy Spirit, into our lives. So we walk by grace. So let's listen to part two of Grace, God's Family System. I'll tell you a statistical fact right now. Sociologists will tell you this today. That when you get into any one of mankind's cultures, whether it be the United States or a country in Africa or Europe or South America, whether it be a village, whether it be a baseball team, when people come together in community, there are Rules that determine, I'm talking about in the natural realm, the value of each one of those individuals to the community. And you know what the top three are? I'll tell you. This is universal. They've established it across the board everywhere. Number one is physical appearance. Number two, how much money you have. And number three is whether you have contributed anything to the society, the community. So if number one, you're good-looking, slender, or whatever that particular culture likes, because some cultures don't like slender, they like heavy set. Number two, If you appear to have amassed a lot of 
physical, material objects, money, whatever the exchange is in that community. And number three, you've contributed something like a cure for cancer or you're a politician or a movie star, whatever. Then you've got it made. You're a very important person. And you know why? You may think there's nothing wrong with that. But it goes directly in opposition to grace, the family structure of heaven itself. Because you see, in heaven, the only thing that determines your value is the shed blood of Jesus Christ. The only thing that determines whether you personally qualify for all of the blessings of being in God's family is the fact that you were born into it by Jesus' sacrifice and by you accepting it by faith. They see a lot of people, it's going to tweak your head. Are you going to be thinking about, well, oh, look at, the, what, what can I do? I, 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 need, I need to pray for hours a day, or I need to do this, I need to do that, I have to have enough faith. I have. You see, you're getting things mixed up. Grace is the unmerited favor, meaning you cannot earn it. I'm going to tell you something. Here's a secret. I don't have much time, and I can't teach on all of this. That's why the Lord has given me a seminar to allow me to travel around and to teach on the grace family structure of heaven. To systematically reveal it in a way that you can be set free. That people everywhere can grasp a hold of that. You see, there are works that people do to try to earn Significance, value, love from God. And you can't. He already loves you. That's why it's the agape nature of God. The reason that God so agape the world that he gave his only begotten son is because he knew that the world would mess it up. If God put anything in your hands, you'll mess it up. If you're the one that has to initiate, if you're the one that has to produce it so that God can bless you, you will mess it up. Amen? Yeah. He so loved the world. The agape nature of God is based solely on the character of the giver, God himself, not upon the recipient at all. You cannot mess it up. You cannot mess up his love. You can't get him to stop loving you. You can't keep him from wanting to bless you. You say, well, then why don't I have everything? It's because you haven't been receiving it. And in order to receive it, you have to walk in grace and truth and revelation and of the Spirit of God. You have to learn line upon line, precept upon precept. You have to unlearn the things of this fleshly realm and all the stuff you've been taught about performance the whole world is based on performance that's why 
I have said over and over and over again is that the whole world operates in legalism. Legalism is performance-based relationship. And when that legalism is brought into the church and it's taught to God's precious people, it becomes religiosity. Religiosity is performance and legalism clothed in religious garb. People change kingdoms from kingdom of darkness to kingdom of light by accepting Jesus as their Lord and Savior and then refuse to change systems. And they keep in the kingdom of God operating by the performance-based legalistic structure. And then they wonder why they have such a hard time getting God to like them, getting God to answer their prayers, getting God to bless them. My little dogs don't get up in the morning and run over in the corner in the living room and bow down and pray for an hour trying to build up enough faith to see if they can get me to feed them. They know breakfast is coming. If it's daylight and daddy's up, breakfast is coming. I want you to know God loves you. God wants to give to you. But the problem is right here with the stinking thinking. And the refusing to jump from legalism to grace. Don't just change kingdoms. Change systems. Change family structures. Now there's a lot required in that. I also have two sons. You know what? I love my sons. I fed my sons. I took care of my sons when they were growing up. They're grown men now. There were certain household rules. They had to do chores. They didn't do chores to get me to love them. They did chores to be responsible to the family structure. See, grace, greasy grace, teaching, is like, you know, you don't have to do anything. Daddy loves me. Therefore, I'm not going to clean up my, my bedroom. Well, you better clean up your bedroom if you want to receive the good stuff from me, you have to be responsible to the family structure. And that's what grace is. I'm going I'm to give you, man, I tell you what, I'm all over the map. I'm preaching some good stuff tonight. But I'm going to give you two things, two things, real quickly. The difference between the two spiritual family systems and by the way, which one came from God? Grace. Which one came from the devil? Legalism. Performance-based relationship. Grace is by creation. Legalism is by distortion. Grace is what God creates is good and perfect. Legalism, what God creates, is flawed. Grace is God-awareness. 
Legalism is self-awareness. Grace has value on being. Legalism only places value on doing. Grace requires faith. Legalism requires personal works or merit. Grace is merciful. Legalism is punishing. Sometimes people come up with some of the weirdest ideas about grace. Let me go through, like I said, this is 22 years old. Uh, actually, I could probably add two or three to this on the spot. But uh, let me at least give you the six that I have written down. These are misconceptions concerning grace. Number one, you hear people say, grace kicks in when we don't have enough faith to get the job done. Nah. Wrong. The truth is that faith is a response to grace. We can't have faith without first having grace. Romans 4, 13 and 16 and Ephesians 2, 8. Number two, I hear people say, well, we access grace only after we've done everything that we can by our own abilities. Wrong. Truth, if our efforts are not born of grace, they can't be accounted to us for righteousness. Romans 4, 1 through 5, and Galatians 3, 1 through 3. Here's the third one. Grace allows us to sin. Wrong. Truth, the power of sin is legalism. Righteousness is empowered by grace. Romans 6, verses 11 through 15. Number four, grace means we don't have to obey God or be responsible for our actions. Truth, grace is the highest form of responsibility because it directs all of our energies and efforts in fulfilling God's will for our lives according to his system. 1 Corinthians 15, 9 and 10. Here's five. Grace leads to disorganization, chaos, and anything goes. Wrong. Truth. Grace represents the unshakable order of God's kingdom. There is no disorganization in God's kingdom, in heaven, God's family structure, and the way he operates. Hebrews 12, verses 25 through 29. Six, grace is weak and passive. Nah. Truth. In Scripture, grace is never confused with liberalism, passivity, or failure. It's always coupled with truth, confidence, and power. John 1.14, Acts 4.33, and Hebrews 4.12. You see, people, I, wow, I, I can remember over the years just stories. Uh, let me just tell you a few. I know that the clock is ticking. Good friend of mine. Very anointed man in ministry. When we were young in ministry, he decided one day that what he was going to do is to have great faith 
He wanted his teeth to grow back. He had dentures. So what this mighty man of God did is that he went down to the river. He took his dentures out. And he said, God, in the name of Jesus Christ right now, I ask you to grow me new teeth. And as an act of faith, in Jesus' name, I throw these away. He threw them in the river. He told me about two weeks later, or how, whatever the time element was, he said, Mike, he said, I'm getting so tired of gum and steak. I'm getting so tired of eating baby food. There's, I, we're grinding up. My wife is grinding up my food. He said, I think I'm going to go back and get some new dentures. And he thought that he was doing it by faith. Faith is in grace. You thought that by the act. Did you hear what I said? The behavior, the doing, the act of taking those dentures out of your mouth and throwing them, that act, throwing them, produced faith or earned you something with God. What are you trying to get God why are you trying to manipulate God with a physical act to do something he already provided for? He already said he wanted to do. Why can't you leave the dentures in and feel the new teeth growing in and it get uncomfortable and you remove your dentures because you have to? Because faith and grace has produced the manifestation of the miraculous in your life. I had another guy one time. He came to me and, and he said, Mike, he said, man, I've been sitting here listening to you teach on grace and, and I just realized that I have been giving money in the offering because I'm trying to get God to bless me. Now, I want everybody to listen to me. I believe in seed time and harvest. I believe in tithes and offerings. I believe that when you give, that God will give back. But listen closely. He said, now I understand about grace. So I'm going to stop tithing until I can get my heart and my head right and get it wrapped around this whole concept. And I said, brother then you haven't understand, understood a word that I said. You went from thinking that God was obligated to meet your financial needs because of an act of putting tithes and offerings into the basket to thinking that now God is going to bless you because you have now gone to an act of not putting them in the basket. All you did is change acts. Nothing changed your heart. You don't understand. It's by grace. God wants to meet your needs. But the grace covering of power and the way that he relates to you and the way that the kingdom operates is that you got to obey him 
And when he says tithe, you tithe, but you tithe by grace. Not because if I put this in here, that forces God. It's no, I'm going to put this in here because that's what God asked me to do. Daddy asked me to give a tenth of my income. He asked me to give offerings. And as a result of that, Daddy's going to take care of me. He said in his word that it come back some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. I believe that he could have gone on and said, said 10,000 and, and a million fold. That wasn't the limit. You see, we're not giving to try to force God. We're operating the laws of prosperity, the principles of the economy of heaven itself. You got to do it. Am I tweaking your thinking? Do you understand where I'm coming from? I am not telling you to not obey God. I already covered one of those misconceptions. It's obedience. You obey the word, you work the word. But it's why. If you're praying for an hour in tongues every day, in order to get God to do something he has already promised to do, then you're in legalism. But if because you relate to a wonderful heavenly father who cares for you and has already said that he would bless you, but he has set up this way to where if you pray for an hour in tongues a day, that you bring yourself over into alignment so that the receiving, everybody say receiving. Yeah, not manipulating God. The receiving of his provision into your life according to what you're believing him for. Then you've got it right and it's by grace. Either way, you're praying for an hour. Either way, you are praying for miracles. Either way, you are giving tithes and offerings. But one of them is by legalistic system. One of them is by grace system. And grace is the family structure and system of operation and community and the kingdom of heaven. It is an all-covering power. It is an understanding that we are in the family of God and that we are deeply and richly loved by him and he will not withhold one thing from us if he gave us his own son Jesus Christ to come to this earth and suffer and die on the cross and go into Hades itself and on the third day be jerked up and raised up producing a new creation that we are born again after and takes him to heaven sends the Holy Spirit to come the greater comforter into our hearts and our lives to lead us and guide us and direct us and to bring revelation of the things that I'm saying tonight as well as all others in the Word. He hasn't withheld one thing from us. Why then are we trying to get Him because, to, to move in our lives? Why are we trying to get Him to love us? Beloved, be loved. Isn't that powerful to realize that if we're going to walk in the authority of Jesus Christ, then we must change systems. 
Just being born again isn't enough. I mean, that's what brings everything to you. The Holy Spirit comes into your heart. The new birth is there, and it's placed within you. But it can't be released until you change systems. Change kingdoms, then change systems. So, Father, I pray for all of the listeners right now in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray, Lord God, that you would bring them the spirit of revelation and understanding and the knowledge of who they are in Jesus and the grace that is lifting up, fulfilling, and releasing them into their destinies. For by grace we are saved, and by grace we walk in the holiness and the purity and the power of God. Join me in future episodes as I continue to share from my heart and experiences, and as always, from God's Word. Subscribe to Third Heaven Authority with Mike Thompson on your favorite podcast platform. Remember to walk in authority, but live in grace.